Hello there, and welcome to the Ministry of Baseball podcast, the Mob Pod for short. I'm your host, CJ Hancock, and without further ado, let's get straight into our inaugural episode. Alright then, first thing on the agenda is we will be taking a look at MLB's COVID-19 response. And to do that, we'll take it all the way back to July 5th when the Nationals reported that they had not received personal protective equipment, PPE, from Major League Baseball. These include N95 masks and gloves. It then came out shortly after that many teams had experienced delays in testing, specifically getting those test results back. Many had to cancel or push back their start of summer camp workouts because they hadn't received tests. Some teams, including the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, had their tests done independently because they simply either didn't trust that MLB could get the tests done in a timely manner or didn't want to take a chance. Either way, they did it themselves. It doesn't reflect good on Major League Baseball. Player-wise, 13 players have opted out of the season so far. I shall read the list now for you. Wellington Castillo, Ian Desmond, Felix Hernandez, Jordan Hicks, Michael Kopech, Mike Leake, Nick Marquesis, sorry, Marquecas, Hector Nosey, Joe Ross, Tyson Ross, David Price, Ryan Zimmerman, and Buster Posey. The Ministry would like to extend congratulations to Buster Posey on the birth of the twins that he will be adopting. They were born prematurely, which is why he is opting out of the season. Beside the point, there's 13 players, some of which are big names. David Price and Ryan Zimmerman are starting pitchers. Ryan Zimmerman a World Series winning starting pitcher will no longer be with the Nationals this season. That's big for them. That puts a serious dent in their hopes of defending their title, although you could speculate that there wasn't necessarily too much of a chance of them defending their title anyways, but that's not what the subject of this episode is about. Then on to players who have actually contracted disease. Amongst these are three Yankees so far, Aroldis Chapman, the latest, along with DJ Lomejo and Louise Sacer. Aroldis Chapman is a particular case because he contracted the disease once in camp. And this creates issues for the Yankees because that means that you may well have to quarantine possibly your whole bullpen depending on how many people he actually trained with now the season is nine days away for the Yankees they will be playing an opening night series against the Nationals uh, possibly without a few members of their bullpen Aroldis Chapman specifically because he's a big part of that bullpen he's one of the big names now we all know the Yankees have depth, so will this be too much of an issue? 
time will tell. On the West Coast, Kenley Jensen reported that he and his two children tested positive for COVID-19. Before reporting to camp, they report... He, he reports that him and his children are both healthy now. Very good. And he will be reporting to camp soon. This brings me on to an issue that I have not seen raised nearly enough anywhere. And that is the long-term effects of this disease. There have been now numerous scientific reports. These are reports in the news. These are scientific reports published that say there are long-term effects that we are only just beginning to diagnose, not even understand. These include intestinal issues, digestive issues, long-term respiratory issues, and even neurological issues arising months after initial recovery from COVID-19. Now, that's not good for anybody, but especially if you're an athlete who relies on your body wholeheartedly to make a living. Say Kenley Jensen, for example. He spent two weeks, cleared, perfectly fine now. But then, say, in three months, say, well, obviously, the, the Dodgers are going to be postseason. So, say, now in the postseason, and then he realizes during workouts, oh, I'm, I'm getting tired quicker. Uh, I'm maybe... 10 to 12, I'm able to throw 10 to 12 pitches less before I get out of breath. We can feel fatigued, and that is possibly because of the COVID, the long-term effects of COVID-19 on the body, particularly on the respiratory system. That's not good, and more work need to be, needs to be done to translate this to players specifically in MLB's case, but the everyone this isn't just a one and done disease this is big and bad news if you get it regardless of if you're asymptomatic this needs to be translated to people and players alike that was a very sour note <laughs> to touch on but it needed to be said and now on to the, the wider effects of this disease on the season as a whole. There has been much speculation around the legitimacy of the season if any one of the 30 teams wins. See, I've seen a lot of people say case by case basis. If the World Series is Yankees Dodgers, then fine, let them have it as a legitimate World Series. But if you know by some miracle chance it's Mariners versus God knows who, then that's perhaps something that we need to take a look at and put a strike against. But yeah, I see it as you can't play it both ways you can't have your cake and eat it too despite the fact that most things uh, including this podcast are in reality cake that's right even the sounds that you're hearing are cake 
but that's besides the point. What I'm trying to say is that I do not believe that this, the reward for this 60-game season and postseason should be the commission, Commissioner's Trophy and a World Series title. This is why. Because in order to receive a World Series title and lift the Commissioner's Trophy at the end of the season, you have to go through an MLB 162-game mandated season. That is the work. The World Series title is the reward. Teams will not be doing the 162 games worth of work. That is just a fact. And so I think should be done is have a completely new one-off reward for this season. Standard, just have the season, you know, have the 60 games, have your normal postseason, but do not hand the Commissioner's Trophy out at the end. Get a new trophy, have it, have it be sponsored by some charity for healthcare workers, whatever. Have it be a one-off MLB healthcare workers, we support you, shield, trophy, whatever. That would be fine. It's... We all are aware that this is not going to be a normal season. It hasn't been a normal year by any means, unless you go back into the dark times of ancient history. It would be fine to just simply have a one-off sprint season award. But people are obsessed with having a major league season by the books and having a World Series despite the fact that the season straight from off will not be anywhere near a normal season. And the credibility of anyone winning the World Series after this season will be debated until the end of time. Let's be honest, even if the Dodgers win it, if the Orioles win it, there is going to be endless debate between fans with within the sport of opposition teams, from people outside the sport who are just they will not accept this as a real World Series, either out of spite or legitimate opinion that's just the way it is and it here's the thing from a fan perspective if your team wins the world series you're going to be screaming from your home your sofa there will be no one in the stands and while that seems like a, a novelty right if you take away the World Series aspect of that and you say, you've won a trophy, you have played well against all your opposition, you have gone through a postseason, here is your reward. It's not the World Series, but it is a legitimate MLB-recognized trophy. Right? That removes any, any sort of debate, any criticism, and any endless pedantics that would surround a World Series win this year because it wouldn't be a World Series full stop and the reason really I'm saying this is because 
it's not a normal season. That's the bottom line. A normal, if a normal season gets a normal reward, a abnormal season should not get the normal reward. That's just the way it is. It's like, look at MLS, for example. They are having, I believe it's called the MLS is Back Cup. It is a, essentially a, works like a World Cup style bracket. You have group stage, then you go into straight knockout phases. They're not receiving the MLS trophy. They're receiving the MLS is Back Cup because they could not get a normal season in. The case is different with basketball is because they got roughly three quarters of the way through their season. The playoff picture had begun to sort of work itself out besides a few teams. Those few teams are going to play series against each other to work out the seeding for the playoffs. But besides those few teams, there was no issues. MLB's case is closer to MLS's, if you get what I'm saying. MLS didn't have a normal season, they won't be giving out the normal reward. MLB is not going to have a normal season, they should not give out the normal reward. Now on to the even bigger picture with Major League Baseball, and it's very big issues and a question I started asking myself during the whole debacle of how many games we will play will players get prorated pay is why is the MLB season getting underway such a big issue compared to the other big sports in the United States and I came to the conclusion that it's a tiny part bad luck obviously MLB season takes place over the summer which was completely wiped out by the COVID-19 pandemic. There'll be no summer for anybody, right? That's bad luck. But I came to this other conclusion that MLB, it's become a fringe sport, but with the rights and exemptions of the Grand Act in America. Right? MLB has been exempt from antitrust laws for nearly a century. It has historically had to go through court cases to resemble what it is today. They were not, it did not move with the times, it was forced to. That's why we have a players' union. And MLB is... Baseball in America is just in decline. And this is astonishing to see because compared to certain sports in America, it is the one with the least barriers to entry at grassroots level, you'd think, compared to sports like American football, which requires to play quite expensive pads, helmet, um, equipment, you know, gloves, all that gas... Baseball is just bat, ball, rudimentary glove. You go to, when you go to America, Dick's. You go to Dick's Sporting Goods, or just buy it on Amazon, wherever. That is the beauty of baseball: is that you know you see all these pictures from 
many many years ago of you know people playing stickball in the street. That is the beauty of baseball. And MLB has over the years killed the magic that is baseball and particularly you know grassroots sandlot baseball because no one wants to play it anymore because the grand stage of that of the sport is one that is fraught with greedy owners endless player disputes a history of player disputes one that has in particular now has come to the forefront a complete lack of diversity within the sport. And you may think, oh, well, Jackie Robinson, and they made all this fuss this year about Glenn Burke, and they have a pride night every night, and you're shaking your fist in the air, and you're basically just Abraham Simpson going, old man shouts at cloud. Um, the bottom line is that it's not diverse at all. And this is because, what I was saying earlier... ML Major League Baseball has refused to move with the times, naturally. The only time they have, you know, gone with the flow of progression is when they were physically forced to. And I came across an interesting stat the other day that MSNBC published, which comes from the Institute for Diversity and Ethics in Sport, which was published in 2019, that reads the Percentage of Major League Baseball players that are black, 8.4%. And you may think, well, that's a relatively accurate representation of the population. But then you compare it to sports like the NFL and Major League Soccer. The NFL is 58.9% black. The MLS is 23.1% black. And Major League Baseball is eight point four percent black, and that is because not that it not because it's an accurate representation of the country, that's because black people are not choosing to play baseball. They are opting for the straightforward path of football or soccer. That is that is the truth of it. I will kind of avoid mentioning the NBA because the NBA has certain literal physical limitations is my point is that you know you're going to be six and a half foot or above and that's just not the average height so I feel that applying it more to the NFL and MLS is a bit more of a an accurate comparison why is this I think, personally, it's because baseball has become... The path to Major League Baseball has become so god-awfully convoluted, even before you get to the professional level, that there are so many you know, holes that players can fall through, so many ways that they can just be removed from the sport emotionally, through circumstance... compared to things like American football where it's relatively straightforward but there is a, there is a bigger issue 
for Major League Baseball, and that is it, it no longer represents America. It was given exemption from antitrust laws because the sport of baseball was America's game, and MLB represented baseball. Americans have fallen out of love with baseball because MLB is the representative of the sport, but chooses to side with owners over players, chooses corporate growth over grassroots campaigns and sport growth. Because of this prioritizing of money over people, it has led to a neglect of social issues that Americans care about, when other sports have bent over backwards to take meaningful action on issues such as racial injustice, women in sport, and certain more liberal topics, MLB has occasionally gestured in their direction. Major League Baseball has milked Pride Nights and the legacy of Jackie Robinson to the point where continuing to do so without real action seemed disingenuous and wrong. And this is back to the point I was saying about black players no longer choosing to play baseball. They walk out Jackie Robinson. They make a spectacle of him on multiple occasions, like throughout the year, postseason, regular season, off season. It's become a slight against the man that he now has to be this representative of inclusion for a sport that is no longer inclusive. This is, he is the ultimate case of Amer of ba Major League Baseball no longer representing America. When Jackie Robinson started for the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1947, the tide was moving to, this was even before the tide was moving, this was before the 60s, right? He was the breaking of the barrier. And then in the 60s become the, we're going to pick the barrier up and we're going to march it down and we're going to put the barrier where we want it and then we're going to burn the barrier completely so that you can see it. Jackie Robertson was the star and now he is plastered all over a sport that is just completely turning a blind eye to the issues that he helped raise attention to. And that is something that true fans of baseball and genuine people who acknowledge these social issues and realize they're wrong should feel angry about. And it's affected the fan base. More right-wing and conservative individuals are moving into baseball because it's the only place where their views aren't challenged, right? They no longer felt welcome in other fan bases because they were active. They were speaking out against injustices, against you know attacks on minorities of all forms, race, creed, gender, sexuality, whatever. These sports were, and their fan bases, were embodying more progressive ideologies. Baseball did not. And so all the people, these backwards, stuck-in-the-past individuals, 
came to baseball because this was their safe haven. They weren't challenged on their ideals. And it has created a cesspool. Right? Try Twitter. Try, try baseball Twitter. I know Twitter's not the greatest place for positivity anyways, but... Any post that a player makes regarding anything progressive, anything saying I speak out against, particularly in regards to the Black Lives Matter, Black, Black Lives Matter movement, and when Pride Month came along and there was all this stuff on Glenn Burke, the vitriol in the replies and the comments was disgusting. And it is evidence of MLB's refusal to acknowledge issues until now when the sheer pressure from the rest of society was quite, quite quite literally bearing down on it right it was backed into a corner you know the old saying when a dog gets backed into a corner it starts barking MLB was backed into a social injustice corner and it just started barking random stuff it started throwing Glenn Burke out there pride nights excuse me <coughs> And all that, guess. And it's disingenuous. It Any person with a brain can see through that while acknowledging it, yes, is good, you don't... You're, there is no action to back up the acknowledgement here. You're just saying, hey, look, we had Glenn, Work, Glenn Burke play baseball for three seasons. Oh, what's that? He was forced out of the game because the Oakland Athletics threw racial slurs not racial slurs, sorry, slurs, the F word in relation to homosexuals, at him, and there was just a completely toxic atmosphere, and it forced him out of the game. You're not going to mention that, but a gay man played baseball. That is all they want you to see. Not that he was forced out of the game because they didn't accept him. It makes me sad and angry. Okay, so I've taken a step away from the mic, taken a little break, uh, and now I'm back to talk about possible solutions. Now, I don't pretend to have the answers, but I have come up with a few ideas they may seem a bit radical. They're just theories. And the first is that regardless of how this season goes, whether it is a relatively smooth process, all things considered, or it's chaos. 50-50 on whichever one of those actually works out. Rob Manfred needs to step down as commissioner. Resign flat out. That all be dragged out of his office and thrown into the street, you know, like the scene from The Dark Knight Rises where Bane goes into the fancy hotel and just drags all the rich people out with their fur coats and such and throws them into the snow. Because he has failed baseball. He has talked a lot of crap, just talked and talked about, oh, we're going to grow the game, we're representative, ooh, yes, baseball, let's play. It's bullshit. It's complete bullshit. He's actually done very little in terms of growing the game. All he has done is uh, stuff the pockets of owners that are already very, very rich. 
and that's caused the game to go into complete decline. It, it's evident. There is decreasing participation. The, its reputation is nosediving. That's why leagues like the NFL and the NBA are widely more popular nowadays in America and around the world. Obviously, once you talk, talk, start talking about the international picture for American sports, it becomes very muddy because different sports are popular in different areas of the world. But if you take the numbers into consideration, they're just... The NBA, the NFL, It's it, they're more popular, right? The NHL is a different story because hockey is less of an American... A true American game. You know, Canada and Russia are more of the powerhouses before the Americans. And once Manfred is gone, he needs to be replaced by someone, firstly with a spine, someone with the backbone to stand up to owners, to enforce the rules, and to actually def defend and represent the game of baseball. And I talk about this very specifically, hot-button issue, still, the Astros. They need to be punished. The report, now, weirdly worded and dodged the issue it did, found them guilty of sign-stealing, right? They need to be punished for such. Not just, oh, here's, take a, we're going to take one draft pick and people are just going to resign of their own regard. Right, that's the thing, is that people resigned of their own regard. They weren't sacked. That's a, they weren't sacked by Major League Baseball. They would say, right, you have to get out. The people who resigned have a respect for Major League Baseball. They have a respect for the sport because they know what they did was wrong. And so they stepped down. However, Maverick just looked at the team and was like, eh, yeah, take a draft pick. Yeah, it's fine. Well, the fire will put itself out eventually. Um, and that's why you see Astros fans talk so much crap. Um, every time it's mentioned, because they weren't punished. If they were punished, they'd shut up. That is the bottom line. The Manfred didn't enforce any form of real punishment on people that very clearly broke the rules. The second thing that needs to be done to combat the diversity issue is to consult minorities directly. Consult African Americans, Latin Americans, you know, on the sexuality side, consult LGBTQ members consult women just get the input and make the changes it's not that difficult in a concept it's not that difficult to at least try and if Major League Baseball can get someone in whoever it is I know Trevor Bauer seems to be pushing for the job. Ironically or not, I can't really tell. Is he the best person? He kind of seems to be building some sort of whatever campaign 
for that on the back of punishing the Astros, which is a good start, but whether he'll do anything beyond that is... I don't know, really. But once Major League Baseball replaces Manfred with someone who actually gives a shit about the sport of baseball, maybe then it can begin its path to recovery. Maybe it can at least stop the bleeding, plug the hole, and begin to drag itself back from the brink of complete obscurity in American society. In terms of specifically how you grow the game, schools. You need to make the path clearer. You need to go high school, you need to go little league, high school, college, the pros. That is it. You don't need road leagues or whatever all these sort of middle school age leagues that you get. Scrap all that. It's not... It, it just creates too many places for roadblocks and for holes and for opportunities for people to fall out of love with the sport. Now, the second option I want to talk about is rather extreme. I mean, completely replacing the commissioner of baseball is pretty extreme, but this one is its very out there. And that is that Major League Baseball, MLB, needs to be denounced. It needs to buy everyone. Literally everyone involved needs to just say, Major League Baseball has failed, it is dead, and needs to be replaced. The antitrust laws need to be... The exemption they were given from the antitrust laws, that needs to be revoked. You know, they should have to play by the rules. That might force them to actually improve. And even then, you know, that wouldn't... That would be, like I was saying, that would be forcing them to mo to change instead of them naturally changing. But at the same time, it's change. And then... What needs to be done on top of that once you denounce Major League Baseball? Once you say, we no longer recognize you as the be-all and end-all as the premier level of baseball in the continental United States. Minor League Baseball... Defect. J succeed. Become your minor league baseball in this scenario should become its own entity, right? That way, you expand the professional reach, and that way, you expand the areas in which you can get roots in, right? If minor league baseball defects, it can set up its own system of getting young players in that is more streamlined, that is less convoluted, that is less of a... that puts less roadblocks in place for minorities of all kinds. If the bottom line is that if Major League Baseball no longer has all the corporate protection 
that it has been given, and the foundation is rocked so aggressively that it might just have to change to survive. Because once you introduce all these competitors, competitors in the form of the minor leagues that will probably have to change, well, obviously change its name, the indie leagues, you know, they well, that's an opportunity for them to grow if Major League's baseball, Major League Baseball's reach decreases. Then the foundation will be rocked so aggressively. The landscape will change so drastically that it might Major League Baseball will just ha will have to change to just simply survive in any state. But then, the con with that is, at that point, what was then? You no longer have a major league baseball in its in the state that it has always been. It is no longer major league baseball. It's just another pro league for the sport of baseball, which is a hard thing to consider to even imagine but it's a slim possibility and it might well theoretically be a successful those are the options I theorized I came up with they're extreme I understand but doing the small things the slight changes they're not going to change things in big ways they're just going to keep chugging along in the same direction but slightly slower and that is not what it is needed to rebuild the reputation and popularity of Major League Baseball in the United States. That is all I have to say on that regard. And now we will finish off the show by taking you around the world. Baseball is an international game, as many of us around the world know, not too many in the United States has become evident over the past few months, but hey, they know now, and that's good. So, first to the East, Japan. The MPB, Japan's premier baseball league, was forced to begin behind closed doors on June the 19th. MPB has gone ahead with plans to allow teams to admit up to 5,000 fans, and the league is hoping to allow stadiums to be filled to half of their capacity starting August 1st. Fans have been asked to refrain from their usual style of cheering, which includes a lot of singing and shouting, as we have seen similarly in the CPBL and KBO. Um, amongst other restrictions are limits in stores, certain number of vendors being closed, Basically a condensed version of what we've seen across large parts of society. In player news, Chiba 
the Chiba Lotte Marines pitcher Randy Ray Jackson Jr. was arrested Friday on suspicion of cannabis possession. Bottles of cannabis concentrate in liquid form were allegedly found during a search on his home on Tuesday, July 7th. Naoki Matsumoto, director of baseball operations for the Chiba Lotte Marines, said all players and team staff members will undergo a urine drug screening starting Friday, and the team is considering education requirements for foreign players to ensure compliance. Use and possession of cannabis in Japan is punishable by up to five years imprisonment and a fine. It's not good news for Randy Jackson. The non-legal side of this is that pretty much his sporting career in Japan is over. This has been seen as an example previously in the past. There was a sumo wrestler, I believe, who had similar charges, his career over. Whether that means that Randy Jackson's career is over completely, time will tell. He did spend the 2019 season with the Milwaukee Brewers, had a 4.45 ERA in 30.1 innings, so we'll see if perhaps next year, I would say, if any team feels that they would benefit from having them on having him on the roster time will tell but for now it's not looking good um yeah present time unless you can get a damn good lawyer and also the american government to help you out Eesh. i don't know a terrible amount about international affairs so uh i'll just leave that there on the field, however, the Tokyo Yakult Swallows lead the pack in the Central League. The Tohoku Rakuten Golden Eagles sit atop the Pacific League standings. And now, we move slightly west to the Korean Peninsula, South Korea, the KBO. It is reaching the halfway point in the season. The NC Dinos have a bit of breathing room at the top of the table, but the rest of the playoff picture is very, very close. Only 2.5 games separate LG Twins in 5th, which is the last playoff spot in the KBO, and the Lot Giants in 8th. Very, very close. Going to be a very, very fun uh, sprint to the finish there. Um, at the bottom of the table... <laughs> oh boy. The SK Wyverns and Hanwha Eagles currently battling it out for the proverbial wooden spoon. Um, and let me tell you, if you get a chance to watch either of those teams play, you will understand why. It has been a painfully um, poor year for both those teams. Um, off the field, in terms of COVID news for the KBO, Jiho Yu of the Yonhap News Agency reports that KBO teams are prepared to open the gates on a relatively short notice. They are waiting for an elusive green light 
from the CDC, the government in Korea, that says it's safe to have gatherings of any form. There is a frustration on fans' part, as in Korea, beaches and parks are open, so why not ballparks, as they are sim they're similar. Really, as you may think, oh, stadium, there's some enclosed nature there, and yes, there is, but the reality is the bowl of the stadium is open air. It's the same logic as a beach or a park. So, only time will tell there. Now, move slightly south to Taiwan. The CPBL. Real interesting this week and really fun to see. The CPBL recorded its largest attendance of the season and the largest attendance in the baseball world this year, for obvious reasons. On Sunday, as 10,651 fans watched the Rakuten Monkeys beat the CTBC brothers to prolong the brothers' wait to clinch a post-season spot until today, when they beat the Uni President Lions 6-1 and were officially crowned the half-season champions, which in the CPBL season is split into two 60-game halves. The winner of each half goes through to the Taiwan series, their equivalent of the World Series, Unless, of course, there's the same team wins both half-seasons, in which case the runner-up in terms of win percentage goes through, and obviously once you get into win percentage there can be some confusion, in which case there will be a, a prolonged postseason. But all we know for now is that the brothers have clinched their spot in the postseason in Taiwan, and congratulations to them. I want to touch a little more on the, that number, 10,651 fans in a stadium. People in a stadium, in a baseball stadium, in 2020. God, did any of us think we'd see it. If you get, you can go on Twitter, at CPBL, at CPB, I think it's at GoCPBL, there's another account you follow there. There's video of it. It's an electric atmosphere. It is electrifying. Astonishing. Fans no longer have to wear masks. They no longer have to distance. It is just like a regular baseball game. And that is a well-deserved reward for a nation that's COVID-19 response was arguably the best in the world. Granted, they're a smaller nation, much smaller than a lot of the major ones, but they still handled it remarkably well, if you compare it to other smaller nations. And you just kind of think, if America would get its head out of its own arse for once in its life, and look at how the, other, the rest of the world is operating, it may be on a better path than it is now, but I will not step into that minefield just yet. Now, to the we will get to the Western Hemisphere right now. Go all the way around, but not to the US. To Nicaragua. 
The Pomares 2020 playoffs have reached the semi-final stage. Very close. The number one seed, Indios del Boa, will take on the number four seed, Tigles de Chinantega. That is Chinandega, to pronounce it correctly. The number two and three seeds, Esteli and Dantos, will face off against each other, both in best of seven series. Which, the winner of those two semifinals, will meet in the grand final of the Pomares, which is due to start on August 2nd. Now, news came out today, there was some disagreement regarding where the two semi-finals will be held. Um, currently, all the remaining playoff games in the Pomares are scheduled to take place at the National Stadium in Managua, the capital. However, there is a increased number of COVID-19 cases in the capital. However, the stadium itself is the is acknowledged as the only one capable of handling the demands of catering to a COVID-19 response in regards to baseball. Whether that is true in reality because the stadiums of Chinandega and Esteli have undergone some renovations over the past year to make them more modern, more suitable for not just baseball for general means. So it's caused a teensy wincy bit of tension. But for now, the Pomares semi finals and final will be going ahead as planned. Like I said, the final is due to start on August 2nd. The semi finals will get underway this Wednesday, today. And I very much look forward to seeing how they play out. All games are available to stream for free via YouTube at the Viva Nicaragua Canal 13 YouTube channel. Free. Free playoff baseball. Come and get it while it's on. Now, we move north a little bit from Nicaragua. Just a short hop to Mexico. And now there is no baseball in Mexico this year. However, there is some off-the-field news. The Liga Mexicana de Pacifica has announced they will aim to start the season on October 12th, after Liga Mexicana de Baseball announced they will not have a season this summer. So that's arguably the big summer league in Mexico will not have a season but the winter league the couple of winter leagues in Mexico the Liga Mexicana de Pacifica have announced that they will have or at least aim to have a season starting October 12th and now in some interesting news in this regard is that the MexPAC abbreviation of Liga Mexicana de Pacifica I know you're not stupid but just to clear it up they have signed a relatively lucrative TV deal with British broadcaster Sky Sports in order to alleviate some of the financial hardships brought on by the COVID-19 crisis 
and obviously in case there are no fans in the stands. Honestly, I don't pretend to have a terrible amount of knowledge in regards to Sky's overseas dealings, but this seemed like a very interesting one. Now, whether that will actually translate to us in the UK being able to view professional baseball from Mexico, only time will tell. But by God, I hope it does. Because <laughs> I've become a very big fan of Latin American baseball over this period. And I can't get enough of it. So I hope I can get it here without having to jump through too many loopholes. Now, we shuffle just a tiny bit right into the Atlantic to Puerto Rico. The Puerto Rican Baseball Federation has announced the cancellation of all tournaments scheduled to be played in 2020, but did reveal that a new team will be joining the league in 2021, taking the total number of teams in the LBPRC to seven. Well done to Puerto Rico and all involved with the expansion. More baseball, all the better. And now, to the European continent. Getting closer to home. Italy. The first official game of the year was held in Cordogno. I probably butchered that pronunciation, but I don't speak Italian. The Italian city that recorded the first COVID-19 patient in the country. After a presentation by Fibs, the game got underway a third division match between the local team and Piacenza. Again, I hope I haven't butchered the pronunciation of that. Now, Extra Innings UK reports a total of five active minor league players will play in the Italian Baseball League, Serie A1, this season. The league got underway on July 8th, it will be playing a six-team championship. Each club will compete in 30 regular season games. All 30 of them shortened to seven innings. The top two teams at the end of the regular season will compete in a best-of-seven Italian baseball championship series. It's a little different from the how they would have done things normally, but obviously... <laughs> who is actually having a normal season nowadays. <laughs> and now on to the Czech Republic. The Czech Extraliga, the first European baseball league to resume play during the coronavirus pandemic, has concluded its regular season. The top six teams move on to the postseason. This season in Czechia has ran pretty normally, in all honesty, to be honest. Anyway, I just made the point about who's having a normal season. Well, the Czechs. And congratulations to them. Well done. Not only did they manage to get through their standard season and will be having a standard postseason, they're also having an all-star game, as planned. And, wow. <laughs> congratulations to everyone involved there, because that is, a, that is an achievement this year. And so we move to the Netherlands. The Honkbal Hooft class will begin its season on July 23rd. Like Italy, 
they too will be playing a limited season, with the league releasing a statement saying they are working hard in partnership with three in partnership with 360 Sports Intelligence and Icons to get broadcasting equipment set up in order to stream games once the season starts. Now, uh, the tweet they put out um, with that announcement was accompanied with pictures of a lot of equipment, lots of weird boxes with more boxes inside with blinky lights that I don't pretend to know anything about. But it looked very promising for those of us actually not in the Netherlands that we may actually be able to get a taste of Dutch baseball this year. A silver lining, if only a slim one. And so, that brings the international roundup for this week to a close. Now I'd like to close out this episode of the Mob Pod with some news from Home Soil, the home front. With the Ministry would like to extend a massive commendation to Women's Baseball UK for representing the UK at the International Women's Baseball Centre's Women in Baseball Week. This is the third year running that they will be representing the UK, and it is also their third annual virtual baseball card series. Now, they are very excited to include more players, coaches, volunteers, umpires, and other officials to the series. Now, they have extended an invitation. If you, or anyone you know, would like to be included in this year's virtual baseball card collection, you can apply now. You can find the link to the application on their Facebook page, which is Women's Baseball UK. The Ministry would also like to extend a big welcome from the UK baseball community to Britain's newest club, which ironically is a follow-up child successor to one of Britain's oldest clubs. The Derby Devils have been formed, so anyone in Derby or the Derbyshire area would like to get involved with baseball in the UK. The club is holding tryouts, and once again, we would the Ministry would like to extend a big welcome. So, that should just about wrap things up for the inaugural episode of the Mob Pod. Don't forget, you can follow the Ministry on pretty much any social media you can think of. We are on Twitter, at Min of Baseball. We are on Instagram, at Ministry of Baseball. We are The Ministry of Baseball on Facebook. We are The Ministry of Baseball on YouTube. And if you want to get in direct contact with the Ministry, you can use our email, which is ministryofbaseball at gmail.com. That is ministryofbaseball at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We wish you a great day and a great rest of your week. Goodbye for now. He's been absolute box office.